Welcome to BDO To Go, casual industry conversation brought to you by the restaurant industry professionals at BDO. The constantly evolving landscape of the industry forces operators and owners to adapt quickly and maintain a keen awareness of consumer and economic shifts. Understanding these business impacts and insights is key to the continued success and resilience of the restaurant industry. That's why we crafted our new BDO To Go podcast series, a monthly podcast that you can take to go. Now, here's your host, Jeff Tuba. Thank you for tuning in to a new episode of the BDO To Go Restaurant Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Tuba, and I hope you enjoy the content we're providing to you in this episode. If you do enjoy our podcast, we invite you to subscribe so that the content is automatically downloaded for you every month. Today, Dana Zakowski from BDO will be moderating a discussion with Justin Klein. Justin is an attorney who focuses his practice in the restaurant space and should provide some great insights for you. Dana, I'll turn it over to you. Thanks, Jeff, so much for that great introduction. Today we have Justin Klein, a partner at the law firm of Marks and Klein. Justin focuses on the franchise space and is one of the leading attorneys in franchising in the United States. Thanks, Justin, for joining us. Thank you, Dana. So I always like to start off these podcasts with how I met the person. So this morning I actually texted Justin to ask because even though we only met a few years back, I feel like we've known each other forever. And we think it might have been at a conference, which is not surprising because I feel like pre-COVID, that's where we lived our lives. So thank the conferences for Justin for having us meet and having this great relationship. And let's talk a little bit about franchising because there's no one who knows more about what's happening than you. So I think one of the most exciting things we've been hearing about in all sectors of restaurant and franchising is the amount of deal flow. There's a lot of money out there right now. There's a lot of people looking to put it to work. Why don't you talk a little bit about what's going on with deal flow from a high level, why you think there's so much happening right now? Yeah, sure. So um, first of all, thanks, Dana and, and BDO. And I appreciate you know all the nice words. Um, Dana, you know, obviously equally as a colleague, as someone I turn to, you know, to, to help with a lot of these franchise matters and especially in the hospitality and restaurant space, um, we're seeing in that space just a ton of activity. Um, you know, what, what's my you know, kind of personal opinion as to why a lot of this is happening? You know, I think people are concerned about the stock market. People are, you know, either concerned or can't play in the real estate game. And I think franchising has always been attractive to investors. I think, you know, over the last I'd call it probably 10 or 15 years, um, the sophistication level of franchisees uh, has increased significantly. And where franchising for many, many years in this country was an opportunity for somebody to, quote, buy themselves a job, what franchising has morphed into in many respects. And while it's still available for people who you know, are looking to get in to a business and have the support of a franchisor, I think what you know it's morphed into is a a real investment opportunity that competes with things like investing in real estate or investing in the stock market. And as you've seen, kind of the influx of private equity into franchising uh, on both the franchisor side and the franchisee side, I think you've seen um, how. Um, uh, the investment value and the investment levels that um, that companies are uh, are attracting or are able to achieve 
um, is uh, just continue to pique the interest of of folks who are um, getting involved in you know the business opportunity of franchising on both the franchisee side and the franchisor side. So I think you know really truthfully in in ten words or less, I think the, the idea is franchising it, it has now been adopted as an alternative investment strategy for sophisticated investors. Right. And I think one of the things that I find super interesting is these franchisor companies that started out as one and then continue to acquire more and more and create a family of brands. So I know we used to see it a lot in the service sector where one big franchise, one franchisor company might own 10 different, a lawn care, a house care, a roofing. Now we're seeing it a lot similar to how Yum has the three brands. We're seeing it with other companies as well, diversifying their portfolio of franchisors. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, companies like Yum, obviously, Duncan has had multiple brands. I mean, Rourke, you know, probably sits at the top of the food chain in terms of, you know, companies that, um, you know, are uh, have multiple brands. You know, I think one of the one of the interesting things is, you know, kind of franchising businesses has become a business in and of itself. So you have franchisors who kind of dip their toe into the water of being a franchise company, learn how to be a franchisor, and are now out there either starting uh, new concepts uh, that are you know similar or quasi similar to what the current offerings are. You're seeing that a lot in the restaurant space. You know, somebody has a, a chicken concept, they have a pizza concept, they have a burger concept, um, and you know also. Um, uh, seeing franchisees at the same at the same token, where again, 15, 20 years ago, if you were a McDonald's franchisee, you were a McDonald's franchisee. If you were a Meineke franchisee, you were a Meineke franchisee. Now you have multi-unit operators and multi-concept operators, where you have hospitality concepts, you have restaurant concepts, you have service concepts, and you know franchisees have become big business just as much as franchisors have. Right. And I think one of the things you said there that I thought was super interesting was that franch being a franchisor is the business itself. And we have that conversation a lot at BDO when someone brings a new opportunity to the table or a new company, a new introduction of a company, and it's a pizza franchisor. And right away they go to the restaurant team and we have to be like, no, 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 that's a franchisor and that's the business. And if you're not familiar, it's a little different. So for the person who is listening, who's not as ex- understanding of the fr- what the business of actually being the franchisor is. Without being as legal as I can be, basically a franchisor is somebody that owns a trademark that has a system of providing goods or services to uh, an end user and licenses the use of that trademark um, and system in exchange for a fee. So, you know, if you look at, you know, kind of the various statistics that are out there, none of which I've tested myself, but <laughs> there is data that says that one of three American dollars is spent on a franchise product and a new franchise opens every eight minutes. But if you think kind of the power of franchising as a method of growth, obviously you can look at stories like White Castle that existed for decades before McDonald's did and White Castle has hundreds of locations and McDonald's has tens of thousands of locations. So just the power of being able to expand a brand through franchising is extremely attractive. I mean, ultimately, the goal of franchising is to you know, take over markets or expand quicker than your competitors can. So I think 
you know, when you look at it from an investment level as a franchisor, once you kind of become in the business of being a franchisor or a franchisee, quite frankly, you know, the goal is speed. It's to grow quickly, efficiently. I think one of the bigger mistakes that younger franchisors make and quite frankly, younger franchisees is really not understanding, you know, kind of the commitment and obligation that a franchisor has. And, you know, we have folks who come to us and say, hey, I want to franchise my business. And they could be the best pizza maker. They could be the best oil changer. They could be the best lawnmower in the world, but they have no idea how to duplicate their business. So I think, you know, the best franchisors out there are the ones who really understand the business of being a franchisor, how to support franchisees, how to use franchising as a model of, of growth, which is not for everybody. And then on the franchisee side, again, as we're talking about the sophistication level that's out there, you know, the, the, the amount of capital, the amount of intellect that you're now seeing on the franchisee side, you know, in certain respects has also made franchisors a lot better because they are able to learn from their franchisees who are primarily out in the field operating the stores or, you know, doing the providing the service to the customers. So I think all around, you know, the kind of the the shifting of what's gone on in, in franchising has been, you know, hugely, hugely successful to, you know, making it, you know, really a, a great way of growing a business. Right. And I think one of the things like you just said about the franchisees teaching the franchisor with the people growing their companies from one brand, small locations to multi-brand, multi unit is being able to take what you learn from one, obviously, without taking intellectual capital and being able to help grow your other businesses and see what works and what doesn't. And I think all of that is helping lead, lead to larger multiples in these business because people are now having, instead of just a chicken concept, now they're having chicken pizza burger, putting it together in one company. And now that franchisee company is worth a fortune more to their to the competition or to a private equity fund. As far as what you're seeing in multiples, any industries more, more bigger multiples than others or anything that you're seeing that's helping multiples grow? Yeah, so I think it's a, I think it's a really fair question. I, you know, I can tell you, you know, some of the, some of the numbers that we're seeing are, are eye-popping. I mean, if you just follow the news, um, you know, franchisee just sold in the fitness space the other day back to the franchisor for, you know, almost a billion dollars, a hundred locations or so. So, you know, certain segments have always kind of yielded higher, higher multiples and in those tier A brands, the Taco Bells of the world and, you know, the, the Dunkins of the world. Um, you know, really what you've seen over the last couple of years is a huge attraction to the health and wellness and the fitness space. So a lot of the service brands that are membership based and, you know, things that, you know, private equity groups can look at and just do math and say, hey, you know, we have 50 locations, here's what it costs. You know, here, if we can get up to 100 locations, here's what the value is, you know, putting real value on, you know, the white space that's out there, the ability to grow, the ability to leverage your own capital, the cost of capital, things along those lines. So, you know, we're seeing, you know, across the board, I mean, not everybody's selling this high, but we've seen multiples as high as 10, 15, dare I say 20 on the franchisor side. But on the franchisee side, we're seeing really strong multiples, especially with franchise groups that have high, you know, high EBITDAs, 50, 60, 70, 80 million dollars. Right, exactly. And I have to at least say it once, but uh, every business right now, supply chain issues. So you think that 
service industries in theory should have less issue, right? If it we're doing a if we're doing a service as opposed to a product, thoughts on what people are doing, substitute substituting ideas or just things like that. Any anything special? Yeah, one support? of the more fascinating one of the more fascinating is that we're seeing things that we're seeing with a lot of franchise companies is just the tech that's coming out of it. You know, there's so many service providers that are now providing uh, third party, you know, delivery service or uh, scheduling software or, you know, intuitive software that's helping with things like inventory management control, you know, trying to really systematize, um, you know, a lot of the responsibilities of, of being a business owner, which, you know, allows the business owner to go out and do things like find more real estate and you know, be more efficient in the way that they're operating their business and expand quicker. So I think, you know, the franchise industry is is really always a great launch pad for innovation. Um, so I think what you're seeing from franchisors and franchisees is a lot of innovation. And I think it's being born out of, you know, the struggles that people have faced over the last several years. Um, of course, COVID, you know, kind of amplified, elevated and, you know, punched a lot of people in the gut in terms of you know, being able to just operate their business. But, you know, one of the more fascinating things about the franchise industry and kind of, you know, just to talk about COVID for a minute and what happened, you know, to the franchise world, you know, if you have, um, you're a restaurant franchise and you have 500 franchisees and 1500 locations, you know, during COVID that became a community of people who were all talking and sharing their experiences right. and how yeah. to, communicate, you know, that how they were working efficiently through their issues, working with their, you know, local governments or their regulators on PPE stuff and, you know, compliance and mask mandates and all that other stuff. So, um, you know, I think the franchise industry, you know, is one of those industries that, you know, will help to kind of fight, help fight through the problems that we're having now through innovation. But, you know, the biggest problem that we're hearing from, from many of our clients you know, beyond regulatory issues and compliance is staffing and hiring. So, right. you know, the benefit of being a part of a franchise system is, you know, you're not by yourself on an island as a franchisee, so you can share that information. And on the flip side for a franchisor, you know, you have 10 or 20 or 500 or 1,000 case studies that you can turn to to, you know, help combat a lot of those issues. I think, you know, unfortunately, I don't think it's a problem that's going to get solved quickly. I think it's going to yeah. take a lot of time for everybody to, to work through it and everybody needs to hunker down. But, um, you know, I think you're right, Dana, that's, you know, one of the big things that's that's facing us. And again, I think, you know, being a part of that franchise industry is, is helpful, quote unquote, to the masses. Right. And I think that as we come to a close here, I think that that this conversation is going to go live on the on our Spotify and Apple and all that right around the IFA conference. So I think to everyone listening, you know, it's obviously a great event to go to, but hopefully we're going to learn a lot more there and what the IFA and what the other organizations are doing to help the franchise community. And we'll be able to take that information and bring it back to our clients and friends in the industry. So I think on that note, Justin, is there any final thoughts or final words you want to say? No, I, the only thing that I would say um, at the expense of talking too much is, you know, one of the other great things about the franchise industry is just the collegiality of everybody that's in it. You know, accountants, lawyers, operators, franchisors, franchisees, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, conferences and being at the conferences. I think that, you know, is a huge benefit and a huge asset 
that the industry has is just how open and willingness, uh, open and willing, you know, most people are about sharing, you know, kind of their experiences. So, you know, I get to meet great people like you, Dana, and, you know, all the great colleagues that we have. Um, so I would just say, you know, love that you're doing the topic, you know, keep doing the great things that you're doing and really appreciate you and BDO having me a part of it. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we'll speak soon. And to okay. everyone listening, thank you. And hope you keep listening. Thank you for listening to BDO to go. Past episodes and related insights are available at BDO.com slash BDO to go. Or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate, review, share, or subscribe to this podcast. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on BDO's restaurant industry practice and the resources we provide, visit www.bdo.com slash restaurants.